Sometimes we have to sort of step back and look at what is just the normal, uh, routine human existence. And then put that into a context that allows us to look beyond that and see what God has in mind, what he's done, where we are as human beings in the flow of history. So today in this Edify series, we're going to look at the story of life now and later. So we're going to get, we get both in this one. Let me introduce you to uh, Jeffrey and Stephanie, so meet Jeffrey and Stephanie. They are, if I was doing a theological thing, I'd say Adam and Eve, because that's the human representatives of all people. But when you do that, people go, well, that's, you know, back when, and they're running around naked, and, you know, what they know. So, Jeffrey and Stephanie are going to be our representatives as our people representing all people, us included, as we take a look at this today. So what makes up Jeff and Steph? We have a physical body. So there's all that goes into that and all the generations preceding Jeff and Steph, their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, all the way back. All of the DNA is collected and passed on and joined in them, carrying things that are gifts, talents, abilities, skills, things that that affect their physical body, their physical health. They have the abilities that they have because of generations that have gone by. Some things that are, are gained, some things that are lost in every generation, and all of that combines in them, in you. That's how you get this physical body. Physical body arrives in a particular culture. So physical body uh, is not just that. It's It's just not the same. If you were born in the Roman Empire in Egypt, your, your culture would be quite different than it is in the world that you were born into, depending on where you are in the flow of history. So we've got that timing thing. We also have language. We have the, the style of clothing, the technology that exists. They didn't have the iPhone in medieval Europe so there's, there's things that are different as you go through life and as people are developing in every generation. So Jeff and Steph have gone, they, they're born into this. And so they're poured into them or all the generations above them that pour into them. They are born into a culture that is around them, whatever that is. They inherit all of these things. So language, even the the kind of food that they eat, what's available, how they adjust to temperatures. If you live in this country, you have air conditioning and heat in the winter. And in other countries, they have maybe none of that. So they they are living in, in a grass hut or a mud hut. And their existence on this planet is quite a bit different. That They inherited that. They had nothing to do with it. A baby is born into that reality education and typically when we say education that means the the formal type 
But everyone has an education. Everyone gets an ed education. Everyone is educated. Every human being. It can be good or bad. It can be more formal or informal. But every human being comes into this world learning certain things. So they're going to learn if, if they're uh, able to communicate. They learn communication. Language. Whatever language they're in. Uh, world that they exist in. And that, that language is theirs. But there's also nonverbals. So they're going to learn facial expressions. They're going to learn tone. And they will learn that that carries more weight than the words that are spoken. Because you can say, sit. Sit! And they go, oh, I get it. I learned that in basic training. <laughs> so you get, you get a difference in tone and volume and, and enthusiasm. And all of those different things are going to come out as you learn along the way. And you learn soft skills, the thing, how do you get along with people? What are the manners? How, how do you interact with, with others? And you have someone from another culture come into your culture, just another family. If you have someone marry into your family, and their, their family doesn't do it that way at Thanksgiving. They don't do it that way at Christmas. They don't do it that way at whatever. And you're going, what's wrong with them? And if they come from another country and another language... And they come in. Or you go there and you go, whoa, that is way different. Yeah, and we're given that as babies. So here's all, it's all input, education, you're getting all that. Physical body, culture, education, there are opportunities that come for everyone. Opportunities that, that show up even for that child growing up, being uh, raised in a particular place and time in history. So... Every one of us have, has an opportunity to choose how we are going to respond to the world in which we have been thrown. And every one of those, they're, they're going to come our way. And somebody is going to offer us help and advice. And they're going to say, the stove is hot, don't touch it. Don't stick the fork in the outlet. You know, simple things. And then that opportunity leads to more education. Because all of us touch the hot stove. Maybe not everybody sticks the fork in the outlet. Some people do that. I, I don't know. There's opportunities. There's education. And all of those things are coming together in a human being. Then the, in the course of this, so we're thrown, thrown into these things that are coming our way. There are relationships. And relationships come all around us, the mom and dad to start with and all those people who surround us as a baby, then it broadens an extra family, friends, people at school. And these are, you're in a place, in a location, in history, that is your world and it's adding to you. It's coming into you. And socioeconomic uh, levels make a difference. If you are mega wealthy, that's a little different than than growing up in, in Oklahoma. So you go, okay, that's different. There's a different world and there's different levels and what you learn and what you experience, all of that's being poured in. And you, you come into this world at a particular place, at a particular time, with a particular family, and all of those things are coming your way. It's amazing. And it is God's plan. So God has arranged for us 
to be at a particular, born at a particular time, in a particular place, with a particular family. And then we have all of these things that are poured into us. We didn't choose them. You didn't choose any of those things. It just comes your way. That's, and it makes you who you are as you begin the process of living your life out. That's Jeff and Steph. That's all of us. That's input. But there's something else. So this is what, what is Jeff and Steph's story. So we go to another level. We, we, still have, we still have this physical body that we're dealing with. But at this level, we take on responsibility for it. So, you know, your baby, somebody comes and feeds you, somebody changes you, somebody takes care of all those things. Then as Jeff and Steph are grown or reaching adulthood, then they have to take on responsibility themselves. So there's a physical body. They have to take care of the feeding. They've got to take care of the cleaning. And all, all of those things are, are part of that process. And the culture they have is already built in, but they can choose to add to that. If you were born in the 50s and you heard the music through the 60s and you were talking about what music is your music, what era do you typically go back to? What will you turn to? Some hip-hop from 2010? No. It's going to go back 60s, maybe 70s, but you're going to pick... That's, so if you're born in 2010, what, what, what are you going to pick now? What, who was born in the 90s? What, you get it. There's a culture, and we choose. It's, it exists around us, and then we choose. I'm going, to, I'm going to hold on to this one. I'm taking this one. You've seen the guys that still look like hippies, and they're 70, 80 years old now. And you go, dude... That, that, that Haight-Ashbury thing is, way, we're way down the road from that. They held on to that culture. So they can choose that. You can choose that. Jeff and Steph, choose whatever culture, whatever's happening now, because they can form that. Education, they can choose to have a formal education. They're still going to get an informal. Everybody does. But what do they learn? What, what can they do now? What can, what can they move towards what it's all out there for them to gain more information to build on what they were given now it's the opportunity to do something with it it's also a chance to teach others because at this level there may be children that they have or friends or maybe they're professional teachers but all of those kind of things happen so input now there's an opportunity to share it back so there's a chance to teach or share or model for other people. It could be, you know, how to change a tire, how to cook. How, it could just be some basic things in life. And it can be more advanced science. It could, just all of that is happening. So Jeff and Steph's story includes education and opportunities that now abound. If you think of uh, Abraham Lincoln. You probably weren't thinking of Abraham Lincoln. But now think of Abraham Lincoln. He has this great monument in D.C., right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> they just went there. So you got this, you got this uh, guy who's born in the wilderness of America in the 1800s. 
and he's in a log cabin because you know all these stories. He borrows books. That's opportunity. He's, he's given a life where they live in a log cabin, they can burn wood for heat, and he can read, so he can borrow, he borrows books because they don't have any, they're, they're poor, and he reads the books by the firelight from this fire that's burning in the log cabin, and he is hungry to learn. The opportunities are give, given him, he's Provided, it, is he mega wealthy? Is, are there libraries available to him? That No. He took the opportunity. He gained an education. He becomes a lawyer, studies to do that, then goes into service in, in, as, in politics and becomes president. So he took opportunities, gained education, poured into life and others and used what he had gained along the way. Jeff and Steph have the opportunity to do that in their lives as we do. Relationships are, as we're growing up, how do we get along with people? You learn that, you know, things start going sideways. There's all the drama in junior high and passing notes and who likes who and trying to figure out how to get along with adults and the teacher doesn't like me, that's why I got an F. It wasn't because I didn't do my homework. It <laughs> All of the stuff that goes through life, and we start building on that. And then, if we get into relationships, get married, and then we got, okay, how are we doing with, how are we getting along with that other person? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes we don't bother to learn how to do relationships. That's part of education and opportunities. And Jeff and Steph have to go through all that, just like we do. And there are socioeconomic levels, like Lincoln. You can start out in a log cabin and no money and then wind up in the White House because you said there's opportunity and I'm going to work hard to move in another direction and then things kind of come together. That's all of pouring out. So we have things that are coming in. That's what makes up Jeff and Steph. And then their story is what comes out. How do they live their life? How do they input into the world around them. How do they change culture? How do they make opportunities for other people? How do they change education by not only learning themselves but teaching others? All of that. So here's priorities in life. As we look around our world, our culture, and our times, here's some priorities. Health is one of those at the top of the list. And people are talking about all, if they have aches and pains, they're going to talk about their doctor visits because that's what they do. That's their new hobby. And so you've got to talk about all of the, the medical things that go on. And if you're not doing that, if you're at a, another age, well, it's, well I'm, I'm running marathons or I am uh, on a diet, because that's another topic, and it becomes health-related, physical body things. Remember, we're given a physical body. We have responsibility for our physical body. And so that becomes this priority thing. And the priority, the way you can measure it is how much time do you give to it? How much money do you put into it? How often do you talk about it or think about it? And if it's, if it's taking up, you know, 95% of your time, it's probably a priority. So some of it you can't help but think about. The, having a kidney stone is one of those moments I forget about it and then I don't forget about it <laughs> because it has a way of rearing its head and 
I'm here. So health, education becomes one. It's a priority. And this is really big. And just think about this. We're going we're to get into this other, other part of this about wealth, but we're not doing that one yet. But it has to do with this education for the next generation. So if you have kids, then this huge priority becomes you have to get formal education. That's the push. So the push in, in, uh, across the United States, well, you know, you should go to college. Everybody should go to college. But if everybody goes to college and, we, and become doctors and lawyers, then we don't have plumbers. We don't have A&P mechanics to make sure the planes will fly. We may have pilots because they went to college. But the guy that makes the plane fly, he maybe didn't go to college. Y'all just want people going to college? Don't think so. And ultimately, you've got to have somebody who's going to clean out the septic and the sewers in towns. They may not go to college. They, maybe they do. But if they don't, so what? They're doing it. If, some, if those guys aren't there, how bad does it get? And you can have a college degree hanging on your wall and the septic's backed up. It's a bad day. So education becomes a priority. Formal education becomes this thing that drives people. And it probably need to kind of relook at even how we're doing some of those things. But, it, but it's a push. Relationships are always there. The drama, if you watch any of the uh, Hallmark shows, all of those are about relationships and who's marrying who. And, and if you get closer to Christmas, there's a whole lot more of it going on. But there, there are relationships, and, we're, and we are keen on those, and we should be. But how do we do them better? That, that would be an awesome thing to consider. It, it's a driving force. We know it should be important. But we don't spend time learning how to do relationships better. That would be education and opportunity. We spend time looking at how they didn't do it right because it doesn't match what I think. Isn't that my culture and my, what was given me? I can choose now to broaden. I don't have to stay in this narrow little pathway. I can reach out and understand other people and why they would do what they do. Relationships our work, and it takes a whole different kind of methodology to uh, achieve that. But it's there. It's, it drives us. Wealth gathering and management. People, well, that's the whole deal. Good, get a good education so you can get good money because the goal is that is the most important thing, young man, young woman, because you need to make all this money, move up the le levels of society, and then when you get older, it's about wealth management. How am I going to keep the wealth that I have? And I'm fearful that the economy might change or something awful will happen and the dollars aren't worth what they once were. And so wealth, it's a priority. Again, if that's what we think about, that's what we worry about. If that's taking up our time and our money and our energy, that's a priority doesn't mean that none of these have a place. I'm just going to take you through these. Self-esteem and affirmation. Driving force within us, even as, as kids, I need to be uh, seen. So if you have little kids and you take them to the pool, mommy, daddy, whoever, watch me. 
Ever heard the watch me? If you've heard it once, you've heard it 50,000 times. And that's just one visit to the pool. Watch me dive, watch me underwater, watch me stand on the water, watch me dunk this kid. So you've got all of these different things that are going on, and it's all related to my self-esteem. I need people to recognize me. I need to be seen. I need to be valued. And the self-esteem thing is, is something, well, we see ourselves as having some value of, of being a person. But I'm tagging on affirmation. I actually have a degree in all this, so that's kind of frightening, isn't it? Self-esteem, and, and then add affirmation to this mix, because that really is what's happening. How can I fool people if I can, or be something so that people applaud me? They see me. They respect me. They elevate me. They look to me. They, they if, if you're a big-time influencer, rock star, they want to be me. So it, this affirmation thing is a drive that enters in and it becomes a priority. And if you go to family reunions, you go to a school reunion, you go to, you just think about all of the different gatherings you go to, you want to be affirmed. And if you're not, when you leave there, it wasn't just the chicken salad that was bad. It was the whole relationship hanging out and, hey, they didn't, they didn't affirm me. Uncle Bob over there didn't even look at me. Of course, he's blind in that eye. But, you know, besides that, we're driven and it becomes a priority. Again, what do we think about? What do we spend our energy? What are we dreaming about? What, what is it that keeps us awake at night? All of that stuff, it's, it becomes part of this. Leisure. Some people are looking at jobs. This is a current thing. Looking at jobs if they're looking for jobs, because it's apparently not a big thing. But those who are looking for jobs are also looking for not only the best pay in the world, the shortest hours per week, and all the benefits, because they want to maximize leisure time. How much time do I get off? When do I get holidays? How many holidays do I get? And I don't want overtime. Employers today are looking for people who just want to show up and go to work. But the deal is... Leisure's become huge. And then people will build their whole life around, um, I fish, I golf, I travel, I, I, whatever it is that is driving them, their leisure becomes a priority. So uh, put all of that together. This is Jeff and Steph, and then priorities today. And then let me give you this. Meeting the judge, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. We must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Huh. Well, that could be depressing. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. The key to this is standing before Christ who knows us, he knows our name, he knows who we are, he knows the cells that made up our body when this all started, and he has been keeping track all the way through because he cares about us. And now we're going to be judged. We're not judged for what went in. 
This is, this, remember that, Jeff and Steph. What makes up Jeff and Steph? That's what goes in. We are judged for what we do with our physical body and this earth. He's talking about our time here. What do we do? What are the priorities we have? What do we do about relationships? What, what, what's our thinking about wealth gathering and management? And what, what are we doing with our lives that is pouring into another person so that when they stand in that place before Christ, that they're ready for that, for that moment. That their lives will be judged in such a way that there is affirmation and applause. How about that? The judgment will come. Everyone will stand before Christ. He will not miss one thing. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So this is actually a very cool thing. I gave you a moment there just maybe, you know. Okay. This is standing before Jesus who has loved us so dearly that he was willing to sacrifice his life on this planet to suffer to such a degree that the, the, everything in it is stripped, his skin is stripped, the blood is dripping, and he's going, it's worth it. It's worth it for those I love to go through all of this. To even come from the glory of heaven to come and, and to go through that is just amazing. So he's come, and he's going to be the judge. And he will judge accurately, completely, fairly, but with love. So he's bringing in his people before him. You get to go stand before Jesus. This is pretty cool. You get to look into those eyes that are like fire. You get to see this face. <sighs> There are times it's just hard. You see a face that so loves you that he draws you in and it surrounds you with love. And then You are coming at this not with the mind that you have now, not with the opinions you have now, not with the regrets you have now, not with your idea of what justice is now, because you have just entered into the presence of Jesus. You have been changed. You are no longer a... Uh, person living in a physical body you're being judged about what you did with your physical body and the time in the physical body but now you stand before him to discuss it 
and all of your opinions about yourself will be in absolute agreement with him. If somebody corrects you now in your earthly body, how quickly do you go to defense mode? Explanations, excuses, reasons why it was fine to be grumpy and horrible and say the things you said or did the things you did. Not in this moment, not before Jesus, because all that goes. Now you stand before him and you go, yeah, that was me. If you ever wanted to learn to do something better and you were being taught how to do it and you wanted to get good at it, are you angry at your mentor for pointing out where you could do it better? Or you thank them for pointing out the errors and where you messed up? And if you did it this way, it would be so much better. If you're a person who wants to improve, you always thank them. Guess what happens when you stand before Jesus? And he points out those things. And you go, wow. That was crappy. I don't think I want to do that anymore. I see it now. That's what that judgment will do. I'll show you why. We're new people in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. A new life has begun. It's changed. Coming to Christ means change. It means the transformation is happening. Not the total one. It's a beginning. Not everything has happened. Not yet. Still waiting for that. But it has begun. And a new person is built from the ground up, from the inside out. God is at work in an amazing way. And it's because you come to Christ and he is offering this new life. So the priorities change. And... and and with the priorities and new things unfolding, new things are going to happen. So this is it. Uh, Matthew 6.33 may be familiar. So changing priorities. New person in Christ. And you hear something like this from Jesus. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. He says that in Matthew 6. Following a discourse in which he says, Don't be like the people who don't know God. People who are living in the world, because they are living in their culture, in their time, with these priorities. They're just worried about their health, where they're going to get their food, where they're going to get their clothes. Don't be thinking like that. Don't worry about those things. They stay up all night worrying about all kinds of things out there they have no control over, and worrying about things God has already said He would provide. Wow. So Jesus contrasts strongly between the old life and the new life. Old thinking, new thinking. Worldly thinking, heavenly thinking. And he says, this is going to help. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Well, you know, i got to be real. i got a job. I ain't got time for a bunch of that. And Jesus says, don't be like those people who don't know God. You are now new in Christ. There's a day coming, you're going to stand before me, and you're going to bring all of that, all that's been poured into you, all the opportunities you've had that you could have expressed and done good in this world. The good and the evil will be looked at. 
you will stand before me. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, which just means do it God's way. Find out what he says is right. Do what he says is right. Go his way. And he will give you everything you need. Lead you to the right job or help you to can your vegetables or whatever else is part of this. Or just miraculously show some things, which is kind of cool. Matthew 6.33. You can put that on the fridge. That way you can remember that one. The foundation to build on. Let's run through these and we'll do this rather quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So we start with Jesus, we start with that foundation, we begin to build because we have a new life in Christ. Paul goes on, the Apostle Paul gives us this in verses 12 through 13. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on that day, on Judgment Day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Well, I know from great literature what not to do right here. The three little pigs built some buildings. And the big bad wolf shows up and does some blowing. The wood, hay, straw things didn't really hold up. And Paul must have known that because he wrote it in here. You take that, that wood, hay, and straw and put it to the fire, it's going to go up in flames. And these people are just going to get out of that with smoke on their clothes. They'll, they'll st they're still saved, no question of salvation or going to heaven. That's not the issue. But their lives, which have now been evaluated, they're standing before Jesus, good and evil in their physical bodies. What did they do with that life? And he said, this is the answer, build with gold, silver, and jewels. Why that? Well, if you add heat or flame to gold, silver, and jewels, you rid them of impurities and you make them better, more sparkly, and more valuable. So he's saying when you go through the fire with gold, silver, and jewels that you've built with, you're taking in something that's really sparkly right into heaven. And the streets are already lined with gold, and you just add to all of that. And you get a reward. Rewards and loss. Not, this isn't about salvation. If the work survives, he goes on in verses 14 to 15, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. The builder who builds with these things gets a reward. Gold, silver, and jewels. If it burns up, there's a loss. That's going into heaven. So that whole idea of, of everything's just flatlined when you get to heaven, everything's equal, everybody, that's not what the scripture teaches. That's not what, how Jesus works. Remember, he, he's going to judge everyone. Everyone will be rewarded based on what they did with what they were given. Jeff and Steph got all this put into them, just like you. Now they had a chance to live their lives in a physical body. What do they pour out? They're judged for what they pour out, not what can't, you know, the situation they were in or how they were born or the DNA. God arranged that. But there is a judgment. So, a change from priorities in life. Here's a, here's a uh, plan. Jesus says, here's the most important thing. This is Matthew 22. Love God, love people. 
That's it. Start there. All of, all of the law. There's 613 laws in the Old Testament. And he's saying all that and all that we've added on to that, it all comes from this. Love God, love people. This is where we go back to. So, when we look at the rest of our priorities, doesn't mean we don't have them or we don't have other concerns. We just put them in this grid of loving God and loving people. So when we look at health, education, relationships, wealth gathering and management, self-esteem and affirmation or leisure, we put all of those things that drive us in this world and this day under loving God, loving people, seeking first his kingdom above all else. So it puts everything in a new priority package. Then, when we stand before the Lord Jesus and see that face, we will have nothing but smiles. So reframe. The story of your life is what you do with what has been allotted you in these times before God. The story of your life is what you do with what has been allotted you in these times before God. You have an opportunity to live this life out. God has poured it into you and he's provided opportunities and things have crossed your path and you've come to crossroads at different times and you had to choose left or right what to do to go forward to go back. He has allowed you to choose and he has also spoken to you with truth an opportunity to go his way and uh, sometimes we do sometimes we don't and that's where we come to be judged but we are given much from God just to get through this life the evaluation of your life will not be determined by you or anyone other than the true judge sometimes we define what what we will be judged by and we evaluate ourselves and say well I'm fine because and we have our reasons and our excuses and we throw all those things out but we're going to stand before the true judge who does not allow us to slide by he will look at everything our motives what drives us where we have been where things have come in and it's been done to us or where things are our decision and we chose to go in opposition to him or we were unloving to other people the evaluation of your life will not be determined by you or any other than the true judge sometimes we think it's other people the church Somebody you read in a book once, eh, it's not. It's going to be him. The days before you are available for building those things which will last. You can't go backwards, so you can't make up any days before. But beginning today, the days before you are available for building, for going his way, for making his kingdom the priority for living life in a way that loves God, loves people, accomplishes things, and, and has reframed the priorities in such a way that he is honored through all of that. And on that day when you stand before him, you can say, that's what I did. I went your way. I have followed you. And he will say, well done. Welcome. Come on in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us some time together, some time in your word, some time to share around the Lord's table and to remember what you have done for us. Thank you for allowing us a chance to just reflect on life, 
I pray that each one of us would choose you over everything else. Lord, that we might see you in such a glorious way that we'd see the the provision, the uh, glory, and Lord, on that day, see that smile. In Jesus' name, amen.